0: This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the
1: Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hockey Central. I'm Haley Salvian. It's it's the Canada game day that Canada soccer is playing. It's a World Cup day. This is a big day for soccer fans in this country. But we're going to talk about hockey for the next hour. And we're going to have a good time doing it. I can, I can promise you that. So uh, the Calgary Flames are taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Uh, we're going to tee that game up with Colby Armstrong. Take a look on the other side. He's a former member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, currently an analyst with Sportsnet and AT&T Sportsnet in Pittsburgh. Talk about the other side of tonight's game and take a walk down memory lane on Evgeny Malkin, who Colby played with. And uh, Malkin's going to be honored tonight in Pittsburgh for playing in his 1,000th game. He did that on Sunday. That was on the road. So he will be honored in Pittsburgh tonight before the puck drop between the Flames. And then we're going to be joined later in the hour by Peter Lubardius, the voice of the Flames, Flames insider, Peter Lubardius. And uh, if you listened to the show yesterday, either live or on demand, which you can listen to Hockey Central 960 on demand, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you would have heard that uh, Peter's overall mood today is going to greatly depend on what's happening in the football match between Canada and Belgium. It's halftime right now. Belgium's up one nothing, and uh, Canada had a ton of chances, did nothing with a lot. Belgium did a lot with a little. So it's one nothing. it's halftime. you're joining us live, thank you so much. So it's a busy night in hockey tonight. Every single team, except for the New York Rangers and the LA Kings are playing tonight. There's a ton of games on the schedule. And of course, the Calgary Flames are one of them. They'll play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. After morning skate, the lines look to be the same. No big changes for the Flames, except we can expect Dan Vladar to get the start. And we can expect Tristan Jari To be on the other side. Um, Looking at some of the other matchups, I mean, again, there's a ton. I think Bruins Panthers is going to be an interesting one. The Boston Bruins are looking to go 18 and 2 through the first 20 games of the season. They are currently uh, 17 and 2 with a plus 40 goal differential. They are the only team ever in the NHL to post those kind of marks through. 19 games according to data from hockey reference so there's been teams who started 17 and 2 there's been teams who have a plus 40 there hasn't been a team to do both of those except boston so the bruins are going to take on the florida panthers should be a good one we'll see how much longer the bruins can keep doing this uh before we move on to chatting with colby and talking more about the game there were a couple trades that we want to get through here the toronto maple leafs traded prospect Curtis Douglas, who by the way is a six foot nine center prospect. Yes, six foot nine center uh, for defenseman Connor Timmins. As you know, the Leafs are down three of their top defenders and Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody, and Morgan Riley was put on long-term injured reserve. So he's going to be out for either 10 games or 24 days. Uh, Timmons played for the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds famously where Kyle Dubas got his start. So you can make your Sue St. Marie Greyhounds, Kyle Dubas, Sheldon Keith jokes here. Uh, interestingly, he was uh, Rasmus Sandin's D partner back in the Sioux a couple years ago when they were playing together in junior. So is that something to keep in mind? Maybe they'll end up playing together. Maybe that's just a fun little tidbit. Uh, Timmons is 24 years old and injuries have limited him to eight NHL games over the last two seasons with Arizona. Um, there was a really good thread on this from the Coyotes reporter Craig Morgan. And he was saying that the Arizona Coyotes were actually going to waive Timmins, but they figured he was going to get scooped up because he's a good young D prospect. There's a lot of teams like Toronto who need defenders. Um, So they ended up making the trade with Toronto. I think uh, that is how tough the Toronto D picture is right now, that they have to trade for a guy who can't crack the Coyotes' blue line right now pretty bleak, not great. So we'll see what happens. The other trade here is uh, Ryan Reeves to Minnesota from the Rangers for a fifth round pick in 2025. Ryan Reeves has only played 12 games, the Rangers this season. He's been scratched in eight of the Rangers last nine games. They're a team that needs cap space, particularly at the deadline. So it gives the Rangers some wiggle room with Reeves off the books and it gives Minnesota something they probably need, which is an injection of size, physicality, and probably some leadership. That's a team that's Having some struggles right now. Uh, The Athletics' Mike Russo had a conversation with GM Bill Guerin today, and uh, Guerin said they acquired Reeves not for the fighting. Um, He's a big personality. He's got a lot of energy. He's got swagger. We've been missing that. The energy he brings is really good and size. He's going to help us get our identity back. So that's from General Manager Bill Guerin with the Minnesota Wild. So two trades that happened before we came on the show here. Um, but now let's go to the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. Wow, that, I got nervous because of the guest, I guess. The Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. <laughs> We've got Colby Armstrong, former member of Pittsburgh Penguins, currently an analyst with Sportsnet, I'm doing some local stuff with AT&T Sportsnet as well. Colby, how are you?
1: I'm good, Haley. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for coming. I, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna be a busy day, and you've got Thanksgiving tomorrow. Like, what is what does Thanksgiving look like in the Armstrong household?
1: Well, well, I am uh, Canadian, of course. I'm from Saskatoon, so I do the mm-hmm. old Thanksgiving loophole where I, I I do two Thanksgivings. It's a yeah. good way to like <laughs> scan the system and hammer turkey twice a year on double <laughs> Thanksgiving loophole move. So down here in Pittsburgh, we did Thanksgiving actually yesterday because of the Flames okay. Penguins game tonight. Uh, I'll be working, and today's also my birthday. I turned 40 years old today, the big 4-0. So I'm kind of dragging my butt today, Haley. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little tired, if you know what I mean. Okay. I'm uh, yeah. kind of had a little bit too much turkey, maybe a couple too many cocktails last night at the house, but it, you know, <laughs> life continued today. So dropping my kid off in hockey. All
2: of my research I did for this, I didn't actually look at your birthday and what day it was today. Wow. <laughs> Happy birthday. This is wow. What a, Thank you. Thanks for joining. Wow. Try to not make this terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it can't be any worse than the hangover I have today, and I've got to go work the Penguins Flames game. So not very professional, not very professional at all, but um, yeah, I think it's he not a pass. shining... We had Turkey. We had Turkey yesterday. I'm turning 40. Everything's downhill from here, Haley. So here we go.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is great. The mood is great. And, you know, meanwhile, Canadians everywhere <laughs> are sad because they're losing to Belgium. And yeah, it's fine. It's a good game for you to be going to uh, with a bit of a headache because I'm sure the atmosphere is going to be crazy. with the Malkin. Uh, he hit the thousand game mark on Sunday. He's going to be honored today. Uh, in Pittsburgh that's going to be special like you you played with him I mean how important how special is it that he can celebrate this 1,000 game mark in Pittsburgh tonight especially maybe when we consider the fact that it looked like he maybe wasn't going to be with the Penguins this summer obviously we know that he's going to be here for the long haul but yeah I mean it
1: was close right it was close Haley I thought you know with him and Latang Latang will be coming up later on this year for his 1000th game played too so those two guys um you know there was a possibility that they wouldn't be in the picture and wouldn't wouldn't be able to honor them uh here in Pittsburgh and and instead looks like we'll get to do that with both of them this year and we already did it with with uh with Gino but yeah it's it's been cool cuz Gino was my teammate when I was teammates with Malkin it was you know his first few few years in the league he just you know, snuck out of Russia to come and play in the NHL, and he's 20 years old, and, um, you know, to see him and, and, you know, how big he is and how skilled he is and how competitive he is and how physical he is as a player um, has been amazing, and I believe... I'm not totally sure on the stat, but I think he's, like, the 15th highest point-getter to reach a 1,000 games in NHL history. I, I'm pretty sure that's the right stat, if I can remember from the other night, so it just goes to show kind of what he's done through this a thousand games for the penguins he's made the playoffs every year um like i was saying before when i played with him he couldn't even speak english and i sat next to him in the dressing room which his ears were probably bleeding and he didn't know why (laughs) he couldn't understand me but um you know it's awesome now hearing him and and talking to him and because he is like so funny and loose um and has like a great personality and i think it's so cool now being back here and covering the pens and watching them being able to watch, you know, guys like him and Sid play and cover them and sit in the stands every night and in the press box and watch them. I mean, it's it's been amazing to be able to do that with, you know, these elite kind of players, and Geno's had that kind of career where he, he can do it a lot of different ways. He can wow you a lot of different ways, Haley, with his skills, his, his size, or he might just take a, a piece off you, too, out on the ice. He, you never know. He might cross-check you. Or he might put it through your legs and score.
2: <laughs> I think one of the more maybe wild things, at least outside of Pittsburgh, like I'm sure people in this city and I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. That's why I keep saying here, but I'm sure in Pittsburgh, like he's always been appreciated, but I, things get such, you know, what can you do for me now? Or what have you done for me now that I feel yeah. like when he was hurt last year, and or he was hurt the year before, and he's coming off of it last season. Like I just think people maybe forgot how dominant this guy was, and still can be. You still see it now that he's healthy. I mean, there was yeah. there was a time in Pittsburgh where I was like, "Holy cow!" I mean, there was a couple times maybe people were looking at like, "Is he the best player in the league right now?" Even even compared to Sid, yeah. like he was just so yeah. good for so long.
1: I think I think people here. I, I think if you look over the years, right, they've been really blessed with like world elite talent. You know I mean, you go with Mario, you've had Yager, then Sid and Gino came into the picture in a way. So they've they've been blessed to sit and watch these guys through their entire careers, the majority of their careers, especially Mario Sid, and Malkin. So. Um, yeah, maybe just take it for granted a little bit, just how great they truly are. And, yeah, I remember I remember early in his career, too, when I was playing, the guys looking around the room, like, through stretches of times, of course, he was, you know, up for heart trophies and, and you know, runners up through his first few years in the league. He was he he was, he was that dominating until, you know, helping this team go over the top to win the cup. There was times we were sitting in the room with the guys going, like, uh, is Gino better than Sid? Like, mm-hmm. I think he might be. Like, he's playing so good. You know, with everything that's happened over the summer and him signing and coming back and, and having a tough year last year coming off a of major knee surgery, he looks awesome this year. He looks like he stepped back in time a little bit because I, get, I think age is a question with the Penguins a little bit right now. With, you know, especially, you know, the, the Sid, the Malkin, the Jeff Carters, uh, even Latang getting a little bit up there. So um, he looks great, though. He looks great. It looked like he turned back the clock a little bit. The area has great jump, great pop. He's been playing super consistent and been really, really good this year. So, yeah, tonight's going to be awesome honoring him. He's been so important, so valuable. Like, there's no doubt in your mind, like, when you look at the Penguins start with this kind of core, this big three, at least with Dito when he came anyways, and it's like, I was here, we didn't make the playoffs. The next year, we made the playoffs, lost to Ottawa in the first round. They went to the finals to lose. The next year, they go to the finals the year we made the playoffs it was Geno's first year lost to Ottawa next year finals next year win the cup. And mm-hmm. that happened really, really fast from being bad to all of a sudden being good. And I think Sid helped that. But I think when you add the two headed monster thing to the picture, it put them over the top yeah. and it's kept them in the playoffs ever since he's been in the league.
2: Absolutely. And uh, I know you mentioned that he was sitting beside you as I think this was what I was doing when I was looking at old things. I, I ended up stumbling upon an old car commercial with you, oh, and Malkin. did
1: you like Chino's <laughs> acting in that? Did you like yeah, he just looks in down at the keys good.
2: and smiles softly? I was like, Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> it's like the best Smiled thing softly. I watched it so many times, <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Yeah, I, that, I loved that, it so that much. That commercial still haunts me, Haley. It still haunts me. That <laughs> commercial, and it was actually that commercial was played on Jay Leno for one of the worst car commercials ever made. And I was, no. I went to bed, we had a game the next day when it was, when it was done. And of course, Max is like hilarious in it. And then Gonchar yeah. and can like, make really an it Like really weird though, like kinda say,
2: weird.
1: Yeah, super weird. <laughs> They're all dressed in suits and we're not. It's like, yeah, but yeah, you've like, got the baggy jeans on from like early two thousands, hilarious. But uh-huh. uh, yeah, yeah, I, I share that with Gino, I share that. We used them to his full capacity at that time too. Cause it, we, he couldn't have lines, he couldn't speak English.
2: Yeah. Just hey Malkin, just look down at the keys and smile softly. He <laughs> <You> nailed it. <laughs> it's amazing. If anyone smile doesn't know what we're talking about, just Google just Google Colby Armstrong yeah. Evgeny Malkin car commercial and it will pop yeah. up immediately. Yeah. I it didn't take me long to no. find this. So No, it's um, really
1: hot and it and it makes an appearance all the time. It comes out like every once every once a year it flashes onto my social media and it starts to make its rounds. And I'm like, this will never go away.
2: <laughs> no, no, it won't. And cause it's incredible and I love it. And I might tweet it <laughs> later for all the listeners. who need
1: context. <laughs> Well, thank you, Haley.
2: A little birthday treat for you. Um, yep. you know, I guess one more when it comes to Malkin, is there a bigger sign of that Sidney Crosby loves, respects this guy than Crosby ditching his own meticulous routine and doing Malkins the other day when everyone yeah. did Malkins warm-up. I thought it would have been funnier if Sid kept doing his own thing because everyone knows he's superstitious like that. But the fact that he didn't <laughs> do that, I was really like, good. wow, oh my God. They really love each other.
1: Yeah, and then he what did he do? He had four points too. So you might have to you might be on um, taking Malkin's warm up from now on. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think there's like a mutual like respect and, and um, I think admiration and also just like knowledge to know that like they need each other a little bit to win. And like, they've been lucky to be together and be able to do some pretty great things and win. And at the end of the day, I think with them, that's what matters is, is, is winning and knowing that they can get the job done um together and i think i don't think there's any ego there with them i think they're just like good teammates and buddies that have you know grown up in this organization and understand how hard it is to win and know that each other are like super super important and there's like a brotherhood between them really like they're like family you know you've been together that many years that long um you know it makes for something pretty special and i think they both know that so yeah, the warm-up was a nice touch. And then his son Nikita reading the starting lineup. Uh-huh. I mean, that was something else. He like the cutest kid ever. And he's mm-hmm. in there. And then to see them hug and like, Gino looked like he was crying. Like he was, he was really yeah. touched by the, the, the moment of his his family surprising him in Chicago the other night. So it's awesome that there'll be a, he'll be able to feel the cheers and the love from the people of Pittsburgh and, and how great his, uh, you know, 1,000 games have been here as a Penguin and what he's done for this franchise in the city
2: i know i said that was my last one on malkin but i've got to ask like is there uh and sorry to put you on the spot but is there like one kind of memory that you have playing with him that really stands out to you maybe it was the car commercial but
1: yeah the, the acting ability just left me speechless um <laughs> i would say it's <laughs> i would say there was like a time early in his career a, a particular goal he scored i'm not sure like which goal in his career it was but he It was against the New Jersey Devils, against Marty Broder, and it just so happened that I was on the ice for this. So I had, like, the best seat in the house because he accepted the pass on, like, a a stretch headman pass and split the D with unbelievable moves and then, like, did, like, a one-handed stop back Move to completely leave like Marty Brodeur's jock strap like hanging in the rafters, one of those moves. <laughs> and it was just insane. It was insane. And I was like following the play right behind him. So, like, the, the view of it and like the electricity of it. And like, we were young enough and it's Marty Brodeur. So, like, that was the cherry on top. And it was like, oh my, it was like Trevor Zegras when he did like the you know, flipped it over the net and he was like holding his head. That's what I Mm. felt like we were all doing just because of the magnitude of the guy he scored on in the situation. So it was that. And then for me, like a really cool thing that I brag to my kids about is I got to play on a line with him and sit at the first winter classic game and, you know, to see, show them like pictures of us on the, you know, blue line during the national anthem in Buffalo, it's snowing, standing with those guys and, and obviously what they're, you know, the start of their careers were like, but you know, what, what it's looked like through their entire careers is it's pretty cool to revisit and look back at some of those cool things.
2: Those jerseys are still my favorite. I own one of those, by the way, I I bought one
1: when I was younger.
2: I mean, I'm not, I'm not 40. I'm sorry. So I was, you know, in high school, or something. (laughs) bought one of those jerseys there. It was the coolest thing. It's like still one of my favorite things to look back and, on those pictures from that game. It was like the snow globe game in Buffalo. The amazing yeah, classic yeah. jerseys. Like that's super cool. I think
1: it was the best one. I think it's been the best outdoor oh, because of the scene in Buffalo. Yeah. The snow globe scene. So you can't beat that.
2: I love that. So, you know, transitioning a bit with you, Colby, Um, what do you make of this Penguins team? Cause this is on sports at 960. It's where you're yeah. joining us in Calgary flames taking on the penguins tonight in Pittsburgh. We know that Malkin's going to, Be honoured for game number 1,000. Um, But what do you make of the Penguins this season? Like, what do Flames fans need to know what their team is kind of up against tonight? Because it's been a bit of a strange start for Pittsburgh. Like, we're almost 20 games in, but you don't quite know what they are yet because of the hot start and then the losing streak, and now they're kind of putting some stuff together. It's been a bit of a weird one.
1: Yeah, they've been um, scuffling, I would say, or inconsistent. I would say, you know... For have one period for a long stretch of time and of shooting opponents like 20 to five, and then the next period they get a shot 20 to five and then end up losing the game somehow. And it's like, how do you go from that to that? And that's kind of been how it's gone. I think they've had a, a tough time establishing or finding their identity early this year. And it seemed like you know it was like magic in a bottle from the start that they had coming out of the gates and scoring six goals almost every game and kind of rolling, but it's just been inconsistency with puck management and. Um, I think lineup identity a little bit with their bottom six and certain guys they are starting to get it going a little bit better though. Now, Haley, I'll say that, like they're starting to figure out, you know, guys' roles and jobs and responsibilities. And I think the third and fourth line and Brock McInnes has been a big guy that got elevated to that third line who kind of leads the identity on that line and they can produce, they can check, they play hard, they play good minutes. They've kinda of upped the defensive like mindset a little bit with I think the overall group too, with Jeff Carter and Denton Heinen. So they are starting to find a, a lot more consistent game. And I think it's helped that you know, the bottom six lines have an identity and can provide something instead of just like looking like they're confused in what's going on, which <laughs> would seem to be really inconsistent off the start of the year. So I know yesterday at practice I was down there, they were, really really working on closing defensively faster they've just been a little bit loose on some of the stuff which is weird because usually a pretty detailed hockey team but they're they're slowly you know there's slowly signs there that they're finding what feels right and what what they're supposed to be and I think you know it's been a hard search for them to start the season
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Brock McGinn is from Fergus Ontario do you know who else is from Fergus Ontario
1: um. Uh, no, you. It's there me. There you go.
2: It's me. Yeah, we went to high school together. So whenever people talk, I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Brock McGinn's great. Yeah, very impactful. impactful. I mean, he's but he is awesome. really impactful. Scoring, like, like a
1: ton of goals.
2: Yeah, his goal the other night was great. Um, the like short side to open the scoring. I forget who they were playing against, but he's uh, every t- every year uh, whenever go. there's like, uh, go. free agent kind of lists and stuff. I always put him on my free agent list I'm like people would be smart to pick this guy up he's a great like middle six like perfect third line guy perfect yeah, totally. identity third line totally. guy.
1: totally yeah he's been really good he's really smart uh and i think putting him from the fourth line i don't know why they had him on the fourth line for so long i think Capitan was there and just seemed to yeah they, they can't put him on the fourth line you know so once he they they started scratching him last few games and since they've elevated McGinn to the third line it's been like a life changer for him and Mm -hmm. he's more involved and he's getting you know uh, better assignments and I think it suits his personality and his play a lot better to be in that situation and it's he's been he's been driving the bus really good right now for the Penguins he's been super noticeable and in key situations and, and allowed to like kind of flourish inside of his game so He's kind of an x factor guy in in the depths of this lineup that can make a major difference so good representation from your hometown Hayley.
2: yeah absolutely good Fergus boy uh last one for you Colby how do you look at this decor um because you mentioned
1: mm-hmm. age is
2: a bit of a concern I mean it's a old group the average age is thirty, and it would probably be higher yeah. if Marcus Pedersen wasn't twenty six year old it's twenty six years old excuse me like most <laughs> of the guys are you know, 34, 35, 32 years old. Um, is there any level of concern with this D group right now?
1: Uh, you know what? They've put everything on the table. We've seen you know, Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Penguins, you know, switch up pairings already this season a, a few times. Um, you know, there's been some concern, I think, with the play of the D this year. I don't think there's concern with, like, the guys. It's just it's – just, Sure. Um, you know, the identity, I think, of of what they're supposed to be. There seems to be a battle a little bit with the play of Petrie and Letang, I would say, like, just figuring out how those two guys fit. Because I think Petrie has been a nice pickup and he's a good player for sure. But it's just like, how do you manage Chris Letang's ice time with that? And how does it affect him? Is he happy? Is it working? because there's games where Petrie's playing more than Chris Letang and forever. Chris Letang has been a guy that I think thrives off of playing, you know, 25, 26 minutes. And we're seeing, you know, his minutes down a little bit, I think with the addition of Petrie to, to help manage his minutes. That was the thinking. Um, But it's, it's been weird watching how it's kind of, work itself out or how they coexist with their, with their amounts of ice time and playing style and who gets on the power play and what's been going on with that. So it hasn't been smooth sailing, Haley. It hasn't, um, for this D core, I, I, as the forwards go, I think, and the team goes, I think the defense is starting to get, get a lot better as well. Um, which has been really big, I think for this team, kind of finding identity or finding consistency because you know, the D can control the game and, They've got them, you know, going a little bit better in the right direction from where it was when they were when they were really sliding.
2: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I mean, I like their top nine a lot, as you mentioned. I mean, with Kavanaugh yeah. and Scratch, things just look better in that forward group. The top three lines just yeah. seem to make sense. And he's just, I don't know if anyone's ever going to really get their finger on the pulse of that one. <laughs> but we don't have to go there. Are you going to be right. in,
1: are you in <laughs> Pittsburgh? Are you in Pittsburgh right now, Haley?
2: I am. Yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, so you'll be at the game tonight. Okay, great.
2: I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be there. I'm here for some women's hockey stuff this weekend because there's the big. uh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. Showcase that's going to be in Cranberry. So I drove down this morning and I just went to target. Oh, awesome. You know, did all my. Oh, are you in Cranberry
1: then? You're up in the nice new practice facility area. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's where they're going to be playing. So I'll be here.
1: Well, well, good luck with that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Well I hope thank to you. run into happy you. Birthday. I live up in
1: that up in that area. I'm sure I'll see you at the rink. I just dropped my son off there, so we're there all the time.
2: Oh, oh amazing. So welcome, yeah, well welcome uh, to Pittsburgh. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me on the show and happy birthday.
1: Yeah, thanks, Haley. I'm my gonna pleasure. tweet that video. It. By Good the talking way. to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare.
2: Oh, I will. Just a little happy birthday. <laughs> and everyone's gonna know it's your birthday and everyone's gonna be talking about that commercial yeah, and thanks. it's gonna be great. And then you're never going to come on my show again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's fine. You're going to be on a two-year ban list.
2: Yeah, that's not true. Don't say things. Don't say things like that. I'm joking. (laughs) Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Thanks a lot, Colby. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for joining All
1: right, Haley. Yep, take care.
2: All right, there goes. Colby Armstrong, former NHLer, former member of the Pittsburgh Penguins, as you heard, played with Sidney Crosby of Getty Malkin. Malkin going to be honored at tonight's game for hitting number 1000 in the NHL and all with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That conversation was brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, the 14 time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403 248 three three four four or dine in at atlas pizza 6060 memorial drive northeast i mean the text lines open 960 960 should uh should i be posting this this car commercial i personally loved it i think it's very funny i think the malkin looked down at the keys uh so if you guys would rather see the video on twitter let me know Uh, But if you'd rather, you know, have Colby Armstrong come on the show ever again, let me know as well. (laughs) Send me a text, 960-960. Also, let me know if you have any questions about the Flames-Penguins matchup tonight, because we're going to be having uh, Peter Lubardius on the show shortly after we go to break, and we can throw any questions that you might have about the Flames and the Penguins tonight to Flames Insider, Peter Labardius. So uh, let me know on the text line, 960. 960. Uh, I always appreciate Colby coming on. I sat next to him at the uh, the last Flames-Penguins game in Pittsburgh last season when I was still, you know, traveling with the team on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, yeah, we had we had a nice time. Colby Armstrong's great. I was happy to have him on. And I feel bad that I didn't know that it was his birthday uh, but that's okay. <laughs> we will uh, – we're going to go to break right now. And coming up next, we'll talk to Flames insider Peter Labardius again. Let me know if you have any questions for Lubo on the text line 960-960. And we'll be right back on Hockey Central 960.
1: You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The fan.
2: Welcome back to Hockey Central on Sports at 960. If you're watching soccer today, that's all right. We forgive you. Even though it is a very busy hockey day today. As I mentioned off the top of the show, every single team in the league is playing tonight. Everyone except for the New York Rangers and the LA Kings. One of those games, of course, is the Calgary Flames playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That game goes at five o'clock, seven o'clock Eastern, if you are in Pittsburgh and if you're going to the game. I am in Pittsburgh, as I mentioned, uh, during the conversation with Colby. Um, I'm here because the Flames are in town and uh, and there's a women's hockey event going on this weekend, so I'm very grateful that the athletic is kind of sending me around the United States <laughs> for women's hockey events. So there's a PWHPA event happening in uh, in Pittsburgh over the weekend. So I'm going to be here for the next few days. And it just so happens to coincide with a Flames game in Pittsburgh. So it's great timing for me. Um, pre-game for the match between Calgary and Pittsburgh goes on sports at 960 at 4 o'clock puck drop at five. Um, We should have Peter Lubardius with us here shortly. Um, We'll get into uh, some of the more looking at the flames. Uh, We were talking to Colby Armstrong, taking a look, scouting the enemy. And uh, we do have Peter Lubardius with us. uh, So it is time to bring in our Flames insider, Peter Lubardius presented by Gemini Group. Home Renovations. Imagine your life, your style, your home. Gemini Group Home Renovations knows that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering air miles, reward miles, visit geminigroup.ca. Peter, how are you? How are we feeling? It's one nothing surviving. Belgium.
0: I'm surviving.
2: Yeah, you're right. I, I have the yeah, game barely. on again today. <laughs>
0: I'm, yeah, I'm barely. Yeah. Um, just disappointed when they were clearly the better side in the first 15 minutes and had a yeah. penalty kick that they didn't take advantage. Cause right now with about 12 minutes in regular time. And I'm sure cause every game in this event has had at least five added minutes of injury time. They look like they're out of gas.
2: Yeah. It's so unfortunate. You know, it, it's, it's, just like hockey sometimes. I mean, you've got to be opportunistic, and Belgium had one good chance in the first half, and they scored on it. Like the two good passes they made, they scored on, whereas Canada was just completely dominating in terms of the offensive possession and pressure in the box, and they've got nothing to show for it so far.
0: No. It's tough. Haley, Haley for me, and it happens in hockey almost every night, Mm -hmm. um, one of my sayings is, what do you get done when you're clearly better? And how little water do you take on your boat when they're better? And that really, for me, does determine a lot of games. So, well, I'm going to guess it might be the case in Pittsburgh where you are today and getting Mm -hmm. set for what should be an interesting game tonight.
2: Absolutely. I'm sure... Uh, you know, we're going to see uh, an emotional, maybe passionate Pittsburgh team. Uh, we were talking with Colby Armstrong uh, at the beginning of the show who played with Evgeny Malkin, and they're going to have the 1,000-game ceremony for Malkin. So I know he played 1,000 on Sunday, and they beat the Chicago Blackhawks in that game. But oh. now they're going to have the ceremony. <laughs> what just happened? Sure. I think I'm on a delay. I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> oh, Anyway. Good chance. Yeah, <laughs> this is great. great. I feel like and the uh, Belgian keeper made a wonderful stretch-out save. Anyway, back to off. Uh,
2: that's all right. Yeah, I just saw it now. Wow, I am on a major delay. <laughs> <laughs> but at least I was prepared for it. Thank you. Yeah, you were. I right. um, gave <laughs> <you> heads up. <laughs> but I think yeah, you know, we're going to see
0: Malkin and celebrating in yeah. the emotion and
2: yeah, there's going to be an emotional. That you know, probably fiery Pittsburgh team again tonight for the occasion. I would expect that the Flames are going to have to be ready for that.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think so. And, you know, when I've watched Pittsburgh in the last few games and I watched their game in Chicago, which wasn't, you know, somewhat like the Flames game, a perfect game or a Rembrandt of any stretch. But the real difference, Haley, for me, between these two teams when they met the first time, October 25th, You know, that night, there's no Gensel. There's a couple other really key people not in Pittsburgh's lineup, but they're going good. They've won three in a row. You know, Sidney's at a level right now that is off the charts. He's got 11 points and a four-game point streak. Um, And yet, I see a lot of similarities between these two teams in terms of you love Pittsburgh Center Ice depth, obviously, and it'll be a big night for Kadri, Lindholm, and Backlund to hold up their end of the bargain against the likes of Crosby and Malkin and Jeff Carter, who can't be forgotten. So, um, interesting challenge for the Flames. Dan Vladar is going to play goal, and we'll see how Calgary checks against a team that I think is going to be a lot more difficult to check than they were in Calgary's 4-1 win in Calgary.
2: Absolutely. And and one of the things, you know, not just the center depth, but I I really do, and this, I was talking with Colby about this, I really like the way that the Penguins' top nine is looking right now. They've got three Mm -hmm. lines that seem to be working. That third line looks great ever since Brock McGinn's been on it over Kasperi Kapanen. Things are... You know, the Penguins are kind of like the Flames in the sense that it's hard to know exactly what they are right now. They're kind of in that mushy middle uh, because they had a great start and then a losing streak. And now they're putting things together again. And I think, you know, these are two teams who are about to play against each other who are kind of going through similar starts the year. Um, But I I really like the way that the Penguins forward group uh, and their top three lines is looking right now. And that's going to be an interesting challenge for for the flames who we were just talking yesterday about, is this the ideal top nine? It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good test for that.
0: Yeah, it'll be a great test for that. And even if you look at Pittsburgh's season and, you know, they've had a lot of injuries to deal with and a lot of time over the years without either Crosby or Malkin. But um, one guy who doesn't get talked up enough, in my opinion, Haley is Jake Gensel. And since Gensel returned, he didn't play in the game in Calgary. This just becomes a way better slotted, way better team overall, Um, and he's played really, really well since he came back. And you know, slotting is really important, and they've got some good chemistry. Again, you mentioned him; Um, the former Carolina Hurricane has has found his way, and he gives you, you know, some grit and an ability in that top nine to get you some production as well as. Being a hard guy to play against and to deal with, so um, the Flames will be tested, and and I think one of the true tests tonight for them will come on the back end. And you know, Weger and Zadorov have found a pretty fine combination. It, it's kind of allowed Chris Tanev, who I don't know what you're going to see tonight, Haley, but. It's always easier to see in person. I don't think Chris is operating at 100%. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure he ever does in all sincerity without how sure, he goes yeah. about his business. But if, if Ryan Husk is, who has great ability to use his top five, and if he can mix Gilbert in more, he got nearly 14 good minutes out of him, that's the grouping that I'm going to watch the closest. Not that I won't be watching forward matchups and who Mike Sullivan, you know, does he try and keep Backlund and his group away from Crosby? Does he go head to head? What does Mike want there with last change? But I always think against really good teams. And then that goes, you know, reverse for how Pittsburgh's D is going to deal with Calgary. Um, It'll be interesting for me to see those matchups against, the, the top nine of Pittsburgh tonight.
2: Absolutely. And, and I mean, talking about Zadorov and, and Uyghur, I, I feel like you peeked at my prep notes because I wanted to talk to you a bit more about the D pairs and looking at a little bit of what has made Zadorov and Uyghur work. And also maybe the idea of, you know, Chris Tanev, who might not be um, clicking along at 100%, but kind of having him on that third pair almost allows the Flames to kind of stabilize a third pair that has somebody with that kind of relative inexperience at the NHL level, um, instead of having Tanev with Uyghur, of course. You know, what what's, to so maybe just start with them, though, what has worked with Zadorov and Uyghur
0: yeah, I um, think, since
2: they've been put together?
0: I think first off, Haley, Nikita's just at a different level than he's ever been in his career. Uh, I think he and Daryl have meshed really well, and I don't know if I mentioned it to you in our hit the other day, but, you know, when you come from Russia, um, and I've spent a considerable amount of time in my career covering, you know, especially some junior super series and the Olympics, and, um, you know, Russians don't pull punches. You know, they're not, they're, they're not soft in their approach. Right. And Daryl is not soft in his approach. <laughs> and I really think in all sincerity that that's been a really good fit for Nikita. And Daryl has believed and has demanded a lot. And I think that's brought something out of Nikita that maybe some others haven't been able to find. And he came back in way better shape. Um, you know, going back to his time, even when he was a first-round pick, you know, he was a guy to salivate about coming out of junior at 6'5 and yeah. big and played with a snarl and an edge and can shoot it. Um, but it's been, you know, for me, the thinking part of the game and the consistency part of the game. Well, I, I've i had a lot of fun since he came to town and, and at times last year using the phrase, Nikita's world. And it's not a great <laughs> reference because when he's in Nikita's world, it's usually pretty hard to judge and you don't, never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen much in Nikita's world this year, but what I have mm-hmm. seen of that world is a guy who's deserved to get taught four minutes. And, and I think the pairing, you never know what's going to work in terms of a good fit, but I, I think McKenzie is a guy that just keeps getting better and better and better. Daryl likes him better on the right side than he does on the left, even though he's played a lot of it the last mm-hmm. couple of years, you know, with Ekblad and even at times without Ekblad. So that's, that's a pairing tonight that's really important. And you're right what you said. Um, the third pairing, when it didn't have Chris, Haley, you know You this. couldn't use them. Chris, you couldn't use them. And Chris stabilizes that whole group. I don't care who he plays with. It really doesn't matter. They are just, he's, what do you call him? An anxiety blanket?
2: Yeah. He's like my, he's like the weighted anxiety blanket.
0: Right. I like that. (laughs) I love that reference and I've used it and I've credited you for it every time I've used it. And (laughs) it's, it's true. And how much better have they played back there since he came back? Different team with him on it. Yes. Yeah. Maybe you could, you know, maybe we could get that going and, all promote it, and you know Get what some... you promote's been working really well. So maybe we could make a little cash on the yeah. uh, anxiety blanket.
2: Absolutely, put some you know stickers on it, and yeah, yeah, I it could work. I think we've got something here. I'm starting okay, to yeah, use this show for all of my strange ideas and yeah. products that I come up with. <laughs> this is this is why I wanted to do radio so I could uh, bring up all the strange ideas. All, that these, I have, uh, but... all these
0: other little. Uh, <laughs> Ideas that you've had rolling you come around. Come up
2: with weird things when you've got to talk for an hour. I'll tell you. I don't know, I don't know how you guys do it it's for all, an hey, hour hey, hey. sometimes.
0: But <laughs> people don't realize until they try it for themselves. And not to sound like a jack, you know what? But I've done everything there is in the business TV and radio, and my language is way
2: harder than TV.
0: What, what's that?
2: Radio is way harder than TV, in my well, opinion.
0: Well, you know what? It's a different hard, as yeah. I would as I would put it. But sure. I will say this. Of everything I've done, the two hardest things are television reporting yeah. and radio hosting.
2: Yeah. It's a lot. TV's a little easier because you can, you know, get in and out. You've got to make your points really quickly. Like, you've got 30 seconds to make a good point, And that's a different kind of tricky Uh but radios radio's tough, so it's good. I like coming up with my strange ideas and and having people like you on <laughs> to talk to makes it way easier. But uh, it, yeah. I, I I like what you had to say about Zodorov um, to, to get into him a little bit more because I think we saw exactly you know the the right we saw the best level of Zadorov in Erica Branson last season. Um, because I think there was a coach in Daryl who knew how to use them properly, right? Like we know that the the times when Zdorov was getting into trouble in Chicago as he's, you know, playing too many minutes and he's playing on the top pair, going against top competition. And that's not to say that he couldn't handle that. But I think the deployment was off. I think Daryl in terms of the deployment and the way that he deals with him and talks to him and coaches him has given us this version of Nikita Zadorov that can step into the top four and make an impact. And it's not too much for him anymore. And I think it was really smart of Zadorov to acknowledge that and realize that he could have made more money on the open market this summer. I'm sure of it. There's always a market for guys like him in the NHL. Look at how much Eric Branson signed for in free agency. But I was told um, before free agency even opened This summer that zadorov wanted to stay in calgary and they were basically just waiting for the flames to see what was going to happen with johnny gaudreau to see how much cap space there would be and i know there was a moment i think darren drager reported at some point that zadorov would test the market Um, and i think that's when things got maybe that one point in time where things looked good with johnny Um, but this is a guy who wanted to be in calgary like that was the goal for him to come back because i think he understood that he had a coach who could get the best out of him and he could play well here. I think that was something that was important to him. He really liked playing in Calgary and we're seeing that this season.
0: Well, isn't, I think, I think maturity has a lot to do with good decisions that a lot of people make in a lot of different areas and understanding, you know, no matter what it is you do in your life in employment, When you have something good and a good fit and you feel comfortable and it's good for you and it's good for your family. And what does everybody want to do every day for driven people who care about the profession? What they want to do, Haley, is make an impact. Mm -hmm. And when you feel like you're making an impact, everything feels easier. Everything feels better. You wake up in the morning with more burst. It's when you're not fitting the way you want and you don't feel like you're making an impact, that's when I think everything is hard. And so good on him to understand that, yes, he's found somebody that believes. And as I stated earlier, and I'm a big believer in it until somebody tells me different, you know, we all come from where we come from. Mm -hmm. And, and I do, I, I, you know, Nikita has some great quotes, and he's a fun quote, as you would appreciate as much as anybody. And, you know, what does he always talk about? He talks about, I don't have time for BS. Mm -hmm. Well, the truth of the matter is most people have time for BS because it makes them feel better. This guy doesn't need it. He doesn't want it. And he grew up in a way where I don't think there was a lot of it out there. You know, as North Americans, we can be without being disrespectful pretty good at telling people things that we really don't believe. I don't think that's the Russian culture. I'm not saying that's always the right way, but if if you're Nikita Zadorov and that's where you came from and you're dealing with a straight-up shooter like Daryl who's not going to pull any punches, I get why it's worked.
2: Absolutely. Yep, I'm with you. All right, there is two minutes left in extra time, at least on the delay I'm watching. And uh, I think we're out of time on the show. So go and watch the rest of Canada and, and let's see if they can do yeah, I'm something. Gonna, I'm going to
0: shed seconds. some tears here in a couple minutes yeah. and then I'm going to get back <laughs> to my work. Although, you know there what, I will say this in closing, Haley. I didn't know what to expect today. Um, I was, you know, at a good age when we made it there the last time. I didn't think it was ever going to happen again in my lifetime. And while I, they're not going to win today, they belong.
2: Oh, absolutely. They made that In 1986, clear. 1986,
0: they were there. They didn't belong. Today, they yep. belong.
2: Amazing. Great. Great way to end it, and uh, it's just one game, so we'll see what happens with the rest mm-hmm. of the F. Thanks for your time, Peter.
0: Anytime. Bye-bye.
2: All right. There goes Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius. Uh, That conversation brought to you by Gemini Group Home Renovations. Imagine your life, your style, your home. Gemini Group Home Renovations knows that your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit geminigroup.ca for more information. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this edition of Hockey Central on Sports at 960. Uh, Flames, Penguins coming up at uh, 5 o'clock. Pre-game starts after this. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you uh, tomorrow.